I get asked a lot about record keeping for nonprofits, and I also meet a lot of nonprofits that have no idea where to put their hands on documents needed to complete grant applications or audits. So I decided to create a podcast episode addressing that issue. Hey, nonprofiteers, welcome to Nonprofit Biz Talk with your host, Tracy B. Allen, nonprofit strategist and owner of TVA Consulting. Nonprofit Biz Talk is about empowering nonprofit leaders with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts to manage, build, and grow a nonprofit organization that will positively impact the community you serve. So in today's episode, we're talking about the corporate binder. What is it, what it is, and does your nonprofit need one? So the corporate binder is where you keep all of the important documents necessary for running the nonprofit organization and staying compliant. Setting up a corporate binder is pretty simple, but it requires meticulous maintenance and keeps and being kept up to date. It is a record of all of the minutes and other corporate documents. The binder can be created physically in a three ring binder or virtually using files on your computer. My suggestion is always to do both so you always have a backup plan. You can never be too safe. Usually one binder is too much for all the documents a nonprofit organization should be keeping record of on a regular basis. I prefer to break the binder down into categories that fit into each other. So here are the seven binders I think that you should keep in what each binder entails. So the first binder I like to call the structure binder. And this is a binder where you're going to keep your articles of incorporation. That's your state documents when you incorporate as a nonprofit on a state level, your bylaws for your organization, your determination letter from the IRS approving you as a 501c3 tax exempt nonprofit organization, your EIN number documents. So when you apply for your EIN, you were given a printout that you can, um, you know, print out on your your printer, you should keep those documents as well in that binder. Any permits that you may have needed for the building that you're in, um, any registrations that you may have needed from your state, such as um, being able to actually solicit donations, because in some states you have to register. So if you needed to do that, then you need to keep that form in there. If you were um, doing a fundraiser where you were doing something like bingo or a raffle. In some states, you have to register with the Gaming Commission and get approved before you can do those types of um, fundraisers because in some states, that's considered gambling. Those documents should be kept there as well. A list of the board members and their resume, and that should always be kept current. So as your board members leave and you get new board members, make sure you keep adding to it. You don't take out the old board members. 
they should always be kept in there, but you need to keep adding the new board members to the list and you need to continually update their resume. If a board member changes jobs, you need they need to give you a new resume that needs to be added to that as well. Um, nonprofit board member liability insurance. If you're a nonprofit who's like super cautious and making sure you dot all your T's and cross all your, uh, I mean, <laughs> dot all your I's and cross all your T's, then you're going to have board member liability insurance. It's not necessary all the time, but you know, some people want to be super vigilant about, you know, protecting their interests. So if you have that, you put that in there. Um, state annual and biannual reports. You should be keeping track of them. You know, never know what can happen and you're asked to produce something. Make sure you're keeping track of them in the in this binder. Um, conflict of interest documentation. So your board members should be signing a conflict of interest document. That should also be kept in there. Adopting and operating agreements. Um, if you are adopting any new agreements based on you know board meetings or whatever, that you maybe you're creating a new community partner, um, a new program, whatever it is that you're doing when it comes to that, you need to make sure it's in there. Your initial bank documents, which will have you know who opened the bank the bank account and the people that need to co-sign in order for a check to be cleared by the bank, those initial documents need to be kept in this binder as well. And any amendments to articles of organization or corporation, if applicable, needs to be there. Sometimes nonprofits need to amend their articles of organization or they need to amend their bylaws the amendment the amended documents need to be kept in this binder as well okay binder number two the minutes this is extremely important you need to be able to keep accurate records of your minutes accurate records of your minutes. every time your board meets minutes should be taken and they should be recorded and filed in a binder Okay, so meeting minutes and notices of meeting minutes sent. So every time you send out a notice that you're going to be having a meeting, that needs to be kept in the binder as well. So the, the communication between you and the board or the board members um, about minutes, about, sorry, about meetings, that should also be kept in the minutes binder. I always think that the minutes need to be kept in a separate binder all by themselves with nothing else. So when you go to that binder, the only thing that's going to be in this binder are things that pertain to the minutes. So the notice of the meeting and the minutes themselves for that particular meeting. Okay, binder number three, accounting. So in the accounting binder, you want to have any bank or credit card statements that you may get if you're getting them um, via mail. If not, if you're getting them via the computer, you may want to print them off, especially if they have something significant on them that you may be asked for um, at some point in time. Print them off and put them in the binder. I know it sounds like, wow, we're wasting a lot of paper, but listen... I have seen where people have things on their computer. They may not have it in the cloud. You know how the cloud gets hacked 
you can just not be too safe, especially when you're dealing with things that have to do the federal government. Just make sure that you're super vigilant and keeping records. Things happen, you know? Um, Cards for employees, an expense account for employees if applicable. If you're a larger nonprofit and you you have, like your program director has a credit card or has access to write certain checks for their programs, you want to make sure that you keep records of that. If you send one of your um, staff members to a training, you want to make sure that you keep accurate records of when they went, what they spent, that type of stuff. Approving contracts. So if you have contracts with um, an independent contractor or subcontractor for certain services, the approved contract with all of the um, the billing statements that go along with that, you want to keep records in this accounting binder. Um, independent audits, because you should be doing some type of independent audit on a yearly basis. That information needs to be kept there as well. Major accounting records should be kept in this binder. So whether it's quarterly accounting reports or um, you do them every two months, however you do them, you need to keep a record of this binder. So people should be, if you're going to get audited by the IRS, they should be able to just pick up this accounting binder, look through it, and get all the information that they need without having to harass you. Um, Copies of your 990 your um, 990N, your 990EZ, whichever you're filing, you need to keep a copy of it and keep it in this binder. If you took out a loan for your organization, the loan documents and payments should be kept in this binder as well. And any grant or fundraising documents that um, that you find to be pertinent should also be kept here. All right, and binder number four, the human resources binder. So in the human resources binder, you want to keep all of your job descriptions. Make sure you update them as they change. If you take a function away from a particular job title, then you need to make sure you update that document. If you change a job title and maybe some of the duties of that job, update that as well and keep it accurate in the binder. Contracts for employees and independent contractors should be kept here because sometimes you need to refer back to them when things go awry and kind of, you know, reflect back on it and say, yes, this is what we agreed upon. These are the terms and conditions of the contract. This is how much we agreed upon. This is a scope of work. So make sure you keep accurate records of the of these um, things. Salaries and docu- salary documents, you know, how much you're paying the person, how many hours they're supposed to work, what is their um, time off, how is their time accumulated for personal days, for sick time, for um, vacation time, all of that should be kept there. Employee benefits, all the retirement information for employees, um, the health and disability insurance documents should be kept here or at least have one that if an employee has a question of what exactly they're getting and how their retirement plan works or how their health or disability plan works, you can go to this folder, make a copy of it, and actually give the employee. Conflict of interest documents should be kept here because every employee should be signing conflict of interest documents and confidentiality 
documents because you're dealing with personal information. So you want to make sure you keep these documents on file. And sexual harassment documents should also be kept here as well because every employee should be made aware of the sexual harassment laws. Um, in binder number five, we have our policies and procedures. In this binder, we're going to keep the employee handbook. This is how the employee operates on your job, what is expected, you know, what is not tolerated. All of that stuff comes in the employee binder. I'm sorry, in the employee handbook. And that needs to be kept in this binder. Volunteer handbook, which is the same thing. It is, you know, the do's and don'ts of being a volunteer with your particular organization. Also, your onboarding procedure for employees, contractors, and clients. How do you onboard these people? There should be a step-by-step process that everybody should follow all the time. There should be no deviation. When you don't have a deviation in this process, then things tend to go a lot smoother. When you have people doing it however they want to do it, that is when things go awry. So make sure that you sit down and you create a policy and procedure for how you onboard employees, how you onboard contractors, and how you onboard clients especially because you don't want that process to be um, not followed to the T because you need to keep documentation. This is how you build your data. And confidentiality documents also should be kept here. And binder number six, Binder number six should have anything that deals with your physical property. So um, leasing agreements or deed to the building that you're in, uh, rental receipts or mortgage, if you have a mortgage, if you purchase the building, and any insurance documents should be kept here. And under property too, a lot of um, larger companies or even smaller companies, sometimes it's more economical, tend to lease office equipment like the big printers and stuff like that. If you have agreements for that, that should also be kept in this binder number six, um, which is called properties. And then binder number seven is your miscellaneous binder because sometimes you just can't figure out what fits where, but it's still you think it still needs to be... Um, filed in a binder. So sometimes it can be the binder that you put it in until you can figure out exactly where it fits, or it can just be a miscellaneous binder. It stays in the miscellaneous pile because you think it's important and you think it needs to, to be in there. So what do you do to know? How do you know that something should probably go in a miscellaneous binder? So I go by this rule. Anything that you um, are not sure that where it fits, but it involves power, money, or major nonprofit organizational decisions. Again, so anything that imp- involves power, the power of the, the organization, the money of the organization, or a major decision that the organization makes, then That should go in the miscellaneous file if it doesn't fit into any of the other six binders, which most of the time, if you really think about it, it can fit into one of those. But if you're in like, you know, a mode where you're like, I just cannot remember or I just can't figure out which one of these binders I think it should go into, just put it in the miscellaneous. At least you have a copy of it. And then when you figure it out later, you can actually move it into the correct binder. 
So the best way to me to organize this binder is in chronological order. Place documents in the binder with the new documents on top and the older ones on the bottom. You should also index tab, use index tabs to help you find what you're looking for quickly. So don't just put them in the binder. Make sure you organize the binder. So if I am looking for leasing documents, I can pull the tab to leasing documents and the leasing documents will be right there. I shouldn't have to flip through a whole bunch of pages trying to find out what I'm looking for. So make sure you organize the binder. And it's not, it takes time and this should be a part of your administration, your administrative job. So whoever you have as your executive assistant or your secretary, whatever you call them, um, that person should be helping to keep this binder current and in meticulous order because that's the only way it works. If it's in meticulous order, everything is easy to find. Um, if the information is, organ um, is organized and kept current, it will have, you will have no problems producing the items within the binder when you're asked for them, if you should be audited or if you need them to complete a grant application or to even get approved for a grant. Because sometimes grantors ask you for certain things and if you can't produce it, then you are not going to get the grant. And I've seen way too many times where grantors have asked for certain things and the organization cannot produce it because they don't have a record of it and they have to reach out maybe to the state to get a copy or to the IRS to get a copy. And that process can be arduous and take a long time. And by the time they get it, the grantor has already moved on to someone else. So make sure you keep these things. Like I said, if you're not into paper, keep it on a virtual file. If you're... Um, like me, <laughs> you want to keep a hard copy and you want to keep a virtual file of it. But whatever you do, make sure that you're keeping accurate records of all of these documents so that you are always in compliance and you can find what you want to when you need to. So that's it. That's the corporate binder in a nutshell. And I hope it cleared up a lot of your questions and you can go forth now and create your corporate binder. All right. Thank you for joining me. Okay, non-profiteers, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. And remember that there's someone in your community counting on the services that your organization offers, and it is your job to make sure you get it right.